Hey boo things, it's your girl Rebecca And you're listening to Just Ghouly Things Hey boo things and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things And I am your bootyful host, Rebecca So this is episode 5 of the Quarantine Spooky Story Special I hope you guys have been enjoying them as much as I've been enjoying Recording these episodes for you guys Because I love reading about the paranormal. I mean, if I wasn't doing this podcast, I would be sitting there reading scary stories online anyway. So why don't I share my findings with all of my boo things? Um, Again, thank you guys so much for all of your support, for sharing the podcast. Please, if you haven't already, I know I sound like a broken record to our very dedicated boo things, but rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave us an amazing review saying how much you love us, um, and share our podcast on your story on Instagram. I mean, it literally takes it to rate us five stars, review us, and screenshot our, our podcast and post it on your Instagram story. Probably takes less than two minutes. Next time, I'll time it, and I'll let you guys know the exact amount of time it takes. But really, I mean... And those actions make such a difference. Every rating, every review we get brings us up the charts on Apple Podcast. And our goal is to be on the top 100 charts for Apple Podcast. So help us make that happen and to spread the findings of the paranormal to other boo things that don't know their boo things just yet. So for those that are new... Hi, my name is Rebecca, and I am one of the hosts of Just Ghouly Things Podcast. If you haven't listened to any other of our other episodes, you can check us out on um, some of our earlier episodes, and you're going to see that I have a co-host, Lily, who is bomb, and she should be coming back next week. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, everything gets a little better with this whole quarantine and the travel ban and everything like that, but she's supposed to be back and hopefully we can get back to recording episodes together. But in the meantime, I have this quarantine spooky story special where every day I read off 10 paranormal stories to our boo things. Um, paranormal can be a variety of different things. It could be about Bigfoot. It could be about Mothman. It could be about ghosts. UFOs, conspiracy theories, anything, Um, even doppelgangers. We've gotten a few of those. So if you are interested in the paranormal, anything I just said, keep listening on because I have some really interesting stories for you guys today. All right, so the first story I have is titled, I got a weird phone call from the afterlife. Need I say more? All right. Oh, and I should let you guys know, I know I've mentioned this in one of my other episodes, but I kind of skim through these stories, but I don't actually read them in full because I like to be surprised while reading them to you. I want you guys to have an authentic reaction from me, not just me being like, wow, so scary, but like I already know it's coming. So these reactions you're getting from me are like legit reactions because like I said, I see certain keywords. I'm like, okay, that looks good enough to be in the episode. Copy paste. Let's read it. All right. So just so you know. All right. Back to the story. This happened about five years ago. I was working at a translation company based here in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. Can you see? I don't read these through. 
It was a seven-story building, and that day I went for lunch break and grabbed my phone. It was an old phone with no smartphone technology, just calls and text. I finished lunch and took the elevator to the seventh floor. Inside, I got a phone call, and I looked at the screen, and I see this weird phone number with like 20 or more digits. I decided to answer. There was a lot of static and white noise on the line, but it was a woman, and I understood everything that she said. So this is how the call went. Keep in mind, this was all in Spanish. And the conversation was, me, hello, hello, who is this? Woman, Isaac, Isaac, Isaac. That's my name, though. (laughs) Me, yes, who's calling? Woman, Isaac, the angel is going to die? Me, who? Who's going to die? Woman, Isaac, the angel, she's going to die. The call ended here. There was a lot of static and it dropped. It freaked me out a lot because my niece's nickname was Angelita, which means little angel. She was born with Down syndrome and had a really bad heart condition that made life for her so hard during the two years she was with us. That day, she was scheduled for heart surgery at the main hospital here and we made a GoFundMe campaign for her and lots of people helped, specifically from the US. That night, she went to surgery and it was all okay. Doctors were taking care of her. The next day is when she had complications and was moved to the ICU. The whole family was at home when we got the terrible news that her heart had stopped and she passed away. Our whole world crumbled and I was struck with depression for a year. To this day, I have no idea who called me. Wow. That is so sad. But I feel like in a way, if this wasn't just some really messed up person trying to bring negative energy to this person already worried about Angelita. Um, I think, if anything, this was a guardian angel or some sort of spirit guide preparing this person to for the worst, thinking, all right, having this in the back of the head that this is something that may occur. You know, obviously not hoping for it, you know, you want a positive outcome, but I feel like maybe having that in your subconscious maybe lessens the blow, if that makes sense. But that is a really, really freaky story. Next is a rip in the veil. Backstory. I moved in with my boyfriend over two and a half years ago into a house he had only lived in for a few months before I joined. Living here, it was easy to tell there was heavy energy, especially in the basement. I've always known there was a ghost in the house, and when strange noises began happening, it wasn't much of a surprise. Now, the floor plan of the house is a little strange, so please bear with me. The door to the basement is located in the downstairs bathroom. This bathroom obviously wasn't always a bathroom, and that is why it's located as a shoulder room to the kitchen. I'm hoping this makes sense. We always made jokes about the ghost, but it never made moves to harm us in any way. My boyfriend would slightly disagree and bring up the one time he was going to the restroom and the door opened on its own. Also, every now and again, usually at night, the spirit would inhabit the kitchen and make noises in there. Once, just to show my friends, I brought them into the basement and they all agreed they could feel the spirit too. After returning back upstairs, a few of my friends claimed they felt uneasy, headache, nausea, etc., and out of anger, I confined the spirit to the basement. I practiced witchcraft. And after, the spirit retreated. Sometime later, I insisted that the spirit left the house, and to our surprise, it did. For months, we haven't had any issues and have felt no presence. The current problem. 
Something had come into our home once again, more active than the last. For the last month, noises have started again, even to the point where I'm thinking I'm hearing talking. Multiple members of the witchcraft community have agreed that the energy of the world is off, and some have even gone so far as to claim there has been a rip in the veil. Whether you believe in that type of stuff is up to you, but I give you the information nonetheless. This entity is different. I don't feel its presence often, nor do I understand what it is. One of my close friends has even witnessed what has done before. She had come over to my house, and while I was talking, I had heard in the downstairs basement a glass jar that was sitting on the porcelain toilet move. We had stayed silent for a few moments before I turned and asked if she had heard it, and she said yes. As of the moment, I am writing this at 5 a.m. I am laying in bed with my boyfriend in our pitch black house. He is asleep. I was listening to music on my phone, and during a pause where no music was playing, all from all the way upstairs, I hear the doorknob of the laundry room door, located in the kitchen, turn back and forth violently. It is an unmistakable sound. I am quite rattled about it, but it's not worth waking my boyfriend up for. I worry about what this new entity is or what it might be. So, rip in the veil. Okay. So, I am not too familiar with witchcraft myself. Um, so I'm actually going to look up real quick what a rip in the veil means. So what I could find, um, I just looked this up quickly, is that the veil is, is what's between our two worlds. And from what I'm reading from this article, you know, it does confirm that people are saying that it's very thin, the veil between the, between the two worlds currently. Um, not necessarily that it has ripped, but I mean that could be um, that could be something new because this is a newer story that just came in. So yeah, I had never heard of that term before. That's why I looked it up. But if you practice witchcraft, you can email me at justgoolythingspodcast at gmail dot com. And if you have any more information on this, please let us know. Um, you can be anonymous if you choose to, or if you know you want to, you know, talk about it and let us tell your name, your first name, that's totally fine too. But um, we love learning about everything paranormal and that includes, you know, people that practice witchcraft. I feel like there's a a bad stigma sometimes when someone says they practice witchcraft. And I feel like as part of this podcast, we, we want this to be a safe space for everyone that is interested in the paranormal. So I am trying to educate myself um, and learning more about what some practices are, what they mean, um, what are some things that they do in certain beliefs and religions and things like that. So definitely email me at justgoolythingspodcast at gmail.com. Love to start a conversation. Next story is Encounter with a Demon. Thought I'd share a story of when I was 11 or 12 living in an apartment with my family. My mom had always told me that I was gifted. I could always feel energies. I had dreams of things that would come to happen. I wouldn't say I'm a medium or anything. I've never communicated with spirits. More so, I'd say I attract them. We hopped apartments a lot when I was younger, and no matter where we went, an entity would immediately find me. I'd have reoccurring nightmares, see figures, be scratched, etc. You could say spirits like to pick on me. Another random fact that will come into play later. I had bright blue eyes like my mother. We moved into this apartment and things immediately went very, very poorly. I had a dream that only lasted a few seconds. 
I was in a bright white room and there was this beast on the ceiling and it looked into my eyes and roared. It was so incredibly loud. I woke up and my mom and her boyfriend at the time had rushed to my aid because they heard me let out a scream that sounded like a deep, full-grown man scream, not a prepubescent boy's. My eyes turned hazel with brown splotches and have been that way ever since. Oh, what? I don't... What? First of all, that's a shame because I love blue eyes. I wish I had blue eyes. My grandfather, God rest his soul, had the most beautiful pool blue eyes. Did my mom get them? No. Did I get them? No. But maybe my kids will. I hope they do. Because those... Oh, my God. So, okay. Sorry. Um, I was terrified. We moved me into my big brother's room. That night, I felt a presence, opened my eyes, and saw a shadowy figure reach out and try to grab me. I sprinted out of the room and slept next to my mom on the couch in the living room from then on, but I always felt watched from the hallway leading to my bedroom. Another thing that happened was when I was laying in bed with my mom and her boyfriend, she looked up and saw a little girl in a petticoat standing in the hallway. He saw it too. I was asleep and only knew this because she told me years later. Anyhow, everyone was being terrorized for months, and eventually we had enough. We hired someone to come in, and she immediately detected a demonic presence. She had informed us that the building used to be a medical waste facility. Ah, they dispose of and store blood in the basement, that sort of thing. My mom has told me since that she was able to confirm this detail, but to be truthful, I never asked how. Thinking about and thinking out this incident brings me terrible feelings. Anyhow, she blessed the place, and it really didn't do anything. We tried writing scripture on the walls, this sort of highlighter stuff that you could only see in UV light. We put up some crosses, that sort of thing. It really just pissed it off. We eventually moved out, and my mom spoke clearly as we left. We are leaving. You are not allowed to follow us. I never had another experience with a spirit ever again. A friend of mine that says she's a medium, I'm not sure what I believe about this sort of thing, told me that maybe God, maybe a spirit, maybe myself, walled myself off spiritually from my gift. I think maybe that it was the same spirit tormenting me my entire life up until that point. When I think about this, tears immediately begin pouring from my eyes. I'm 20 now, and this was easily one of the most turbulent times of my life, but I figured it would intrigue some of you. Oh. Well, that was an interesting story. And I mean, like we constantly talk about on the show, it does seem to be a pattern that younger kids ha- are, have more of an ability to see things that adults can't see, um, may be able to connect with the other side more, may be able to see demonic things with a clearer vision than we can because they're closer to the spectrum of the other side. So it would make sense though, as you know, 11, 12 years old, then, you know, th- this person's going to start going through puberty, their body's changing, they're growing up a little more. And maybe that was a transition at, at that point when they moved out, this person had to grow up pretty fast after, the, after those experiences. And in return, just kind of just put up this wall to his gift, which makes complete sense. All right, this next story is titled Activity from our villa in Lanzarote, Spain. Last year, my family went on a holiday to a villa called Villa La Rona. The house was set up with three floors and a pool table outside. 
For the first night, I was on the bottom floor, which was underground, and I didn't experience anything. The morning after, my mom thought there was an earthquake because she could feel her bed shake and she was on the top floor. That same night, my brother, who was on the second floor, someone opened his door and he thought it was my dad, but there was no one there. So the next night, he decides to sleep in my room downstairs, and yet again, things are fine, we both slept okay, till we woke up the next day, and my sister asked why I was breathing down the phone. So I was confused because I never called anyone, and I was asleep, so we checked my call history, and I never was on the call to my sister, but on her phone history, I picked up. That night, my brother and I went upstairs to the top floor with my mom and sister to stay up the night and see what's going on and holy shit it was scary (laughs) basically around 1 a.m we were all just talking and we could hear someone walking up the stairs by the way the stair was made out of tiles and they are stamping so hard it was hard not to hear it and it just faded out after that i laid down and the light had red splodges on which kind of looked like the blood so that freaked me out a little bit yeah that would freak me out too We could then hear furniture moving downstairs because there was a wooden table downstairs with wooden chairs and the chairs sounded like they moved. In my other brother's room, who was upstairs, this was the most creepiest. We could see his covers being pulled away from him, which was just scary, so he was now in the same room as us staying up. The night after this, my family all decided to sleep in the same room, smart, which was this master bedroom, so we moved a couple mattresses to that room for the rest of us. This night, I fell asleep because I was exhausted from staying up the previous night, but my mom and older brother decided to stay up. When I woke up, apparently there was a scream of women coming from downstairs, which sounded like she was being murdered, but obviously everyone was upstairs, so who could have been down there? After this night, it was the last time we were there, and we got back from having a family meal, and it was around midnight, and my mom suggested we pack up our things now so we can get out ASAP in the morning. After, as she was doing this, my younger brother said, who's upstairs to my dad? Because he could hear noise that sounded like drawers were being slammed shut. So everyone went quiet, and my dad shouted upstairs, and you could still hear it. So me, my brother, and my dad went to go look because it sounded like someone had broken in and was going through our stuff. So we checked everywhere, and there was nothing. So we brushed it off, grabbed our things from upstairs, when we started hearing noises coming from underground of the house, which sounded like someone going through our rooms. So yet again, we went downstairs and looked, but there was nothing. So this time we decided we can't stay. We fled with all of our belongings to my sister's villa, who was there with her husband. So if you're wondering why we didn't go there from day one, we didn't want to ruin their holiday too. The next morning, we were all exhausted, ready to go home finally. (laughs) That is, you know what? I would be very interested because I mean, a lot of, I always say this, whenever I visited Europe, I look back on the architecture we have here in the United States and we look at a building here in New York City that was created in like 1899 and we're like, oh my God, that's so old, so historical. And then you go to Italy or you go to Spain and they have buildings that were created in like the year five, you know, like, so I'm assuming that this villa was a relatively older villa. The property itself probably had a lot of history. So it'd be interesting if you did some research on it and even see if, depending on how you booked this trip, see if other people have had experiences in that house. I would just like to do my research because I'm nosy. All right. Next story. 
They brought this on themselves. <laughs> All right, this is a bold title. All right, let's see what this is. I work in a private group home with developmentally disabled adults for great company. There was this one house in particular that I will never forget. It's located in a spacious six-bedroom, three-bathroom house with a big backyard and fenced in. Way nicer than some of the homes I've seen in the past. I worked graveyard shift. That has always been my preferred shift. Many people talked about this place being haunted, and I believed it. A handful of experiences in that house alone in the first half year working there. The company had hired two guys around the same time. One was newly out of the military, and the other came from working at Subway. They were a bit immature, especially when together, but I tolerated them since they were nice to me. Around Christmas, it got really cold and began snowing in Oregon. I went in for my usual shift and said bye to the guys since they both worked swing. About an hour later, Ruben came back, the military kid. He said he had gotten into a fight with his girlfriend and had called our manager to let him know if it was okay for him to come hang in the house for the night since it was too cold to be in his truck. He got the okay. He made himself a sandwich and went to the living room to watch TV. I, slightly annoyed, kept doing my regular routine and went back to do some documentation with a cup of coffee. A few minutes later, I began hearing what sounded like small pebbles being thrown at the window next to the employee office. I got a bit scared and walked over to check outside the window, but saw nothing but light snow falling. I went to get Reuben, and we both listened for more. Nothing happened, and as we walked back, we heard some tapping sounds in the kitchen window, and we both jumped and became more frantic. As we stood there watching the window, afraid to move, the back sliding door began to open, ah! and I screamed, nearly falling back on my two feet. The back sliding door window was right next to the kitchen. Ruben ran back and discovered the other guy, whose name I'm having a hard time remembering. He was there in just a t-shirt and jeans, looking sheepish but, but, but triumphant and scaring the shit out of us. It was hard to understand why he was outside in the cold dead of winter in a t-shirt for hours just to scare me. Something didn't seem right. But Ruben took his story and they got a good laugh. I was very upset and told Ruben that he should go to the other co-worker's house and stay there the night. Surprisingly, it worked and they both left. I was very confused for the rest of the night and a bit jumpy. They also had begged me not to tell my manager, and I stupidly agreed to. The very next day, before I was due to arrive at work for another hour, I got a call while I was home getting ready. It was a frantic Reuben asking me if I was at work. Confused, I said no, and he made me swear on God that I was not there. I did again, feeling annoyed, and asked why. He told me him and that other guy were in the kitchen cleaning up, and they both visibly saw a girl with long black hair and light skin glide by the window very fast and they both freaked out and thought it was me getting back at them since i have long black hair and a light complexion i reassured them it wasn't me and that i was headed there in an hour i swear you not when i arrived to work they both were in the front yard freezing with their jackets on and waiting for me to go back inside because they were too, too afraid to i couldn't help but feel like it was karma on them from the actual spirit that haunted that home they didn't stick around for long after that. Oh, I love the end of this story. This was such a turbulent story. You think the first experience is going to be a real experience. It's just the guy's fucking with her. She's already annoyed because they just can't get their shit together. And then the real spirit is like, girl, I got you. I don't like them disrespecting me anyway and trying to make me seem scary. And then, bam, scares the shit out of them so much that they have to be outside on the front yard waiting for her to come save their ass. I love it. Such a power move. Power move from the spirit. Go you.
All right. Next story. Creepy girl in my hallway told my sister something. All right. Let's see how creepy this girl is. This story happened roughly two years ago. I have always been intrigued by the paranormal, but also a little skeptical. One night around 2 or 3 a.m., I woke up. Like, I woke straight up, which is not a normal thing for me. I usually sleep through the night. I looked over to see my door open, even though I usually sleep with it closed. When I looked over, I saw what looked to be a 7 or 8-year-old girl sitting on my hallway floor looking at me. Oh, fuck. No, I'm sorry. Sidebar. Fuck. No. That Canceled. Burn the whole house down. Nope. There was a little light casting through, uh, casting from my TV through the door, enough to make out that the girl was facing me, and it wasn't my sister who was around two at the time and had blonde hair, while this girl had black hair. Oh my god, this is already killing me. All right. Well, I was freaked out. I told myself my tired mind was imagining the vacuum to be a person. Okay. Sure enough, when I woke up, the door was shut, and there was no girl or vacuum in the hallway. I have still not told my parents seeing this as they are very skeptical. I have told some of my close friends and family who helped me research my house. We found some past deaths around my house and decided to try and talk to something. We never really got answers except the occasional knock when we asked something. One day, my cousin and I took my sister to the park behind my house. We saw her talking to someone, but there was no one there. My sister was probably three at this point and could talk and comprehend what she had seen. She told us the girl's name and it matched one that we had seen while researching. My little sister had then told me she didn't like the girl. When I asked why, she proceeded to tell me that the girl said she didn't like me and wanted to hurt me. Sidebar again. Fuck no. Back to the story. I now sleep with multiple crosses and I pray every night. I still research and ghost hunt, so I have a lot of paranormal experiences, but I have not seen or heard anything of this girl since. Should I be concerned? I don't know, Chief. I mean, it's so hard to say because you really nothing has happened except you've seen her once. And I mean, your little sister did tell you that she didn't like you and wanted to hurt you. I mean, I don't think three-year-olds are just going around saying that. I mean, where are they? Where would they get this information or these ideas from? Like, you know. So, I, I would definitely be concerned. Sage the house. Maybe get some equipment. Do some audio recording. Get an investigation team in there. I don't. Mm. I would definitely, I mean, she did her research, so I can't even say do your research. I would just try to get someone in there and try to cleanse the house because I wouldn't want any negative energy where I sleep and close my eyes for periods of time. So, all right, next story. She followed me home. I'm not a great writer, so please bear with me. We will. Growing up, you hear a lot of ghost stories from your relatives, some outlandish like my mother telling me of small pint-sized murderous mermaids in Mexico, to my dad telling me Native American ghost stories that were all too eerie to let me sleep at night. Well, I didn't experience anything paranormal until I was older and began working graveyard shift in a retirement home in Oregon called Farmington Square. I've never in my life seen so much going on at one place, how active it was from the unseen after the lights went out. It started just after a couple of weeks working with the elderly who only needed assistance, not the more severe buildings with residents who had full-blown Alzheimer's. I would, have had the, I would have the task of setting up the whole dining room area at night while casually having rounds to check up on the residents. On one of these nights, as I set up the dining room tables, 
I heard clear as day a high-pitched child's voice saying, hello. I hope that freaked you guys out. That freaked me out that I said that. I was deep in thought while doing the routine that I barely turned over my shoulder to say hi back, only to abruptly stop and realize it's 2 a.m. in a retirement home. I turned quickly and saw no one in the dark corner. I put everything down in a robotic manner, not daring to look back again, and power walked into the living room area where the med tech was snoring on the couch. I didn't want to wake him up, so I pulled out my phone and began texting whoever was up on Facebook, wanting so desperately to distract my brain off the voice I had just heard. I forcefully carried on with my shift and was all too happy to go home and forget later that morning. Come my weekend, I did my usual COD online with a friend of mine into the late hours. We talked regularly and I usually fell asleep with him on call. I never told him about the encounter at work because I feel like talking about the paranormal, you are only exposing yourself to more activity. Debatable. On that particular night, we were playing and it got late. I told him I was heading to bed and he asked if I could, if he could call me while I slept since he was still wide awake. I agreed to call him and fell asleep shortly after. Everything seemed fine that night. Next morning, I woke up with a text from him saying, call me when you read this. I have something to tell you. Uh-uh. It was unlike him to leave vague messages like this without further explanation. I called him and he ended up telling me about that telling me that about 30 to 50 minutes after I fell asleep, he heard my door open and close, and a bit after, a bit of shuffling noises in my room, followed by a child's voice speaking close to me, but he couldn't make out the words, oh my God, oh my God. I felt a cold chill. And so uncomfortable in my surroundings, I didn't know how to react. I instantly knew whatever I had heard from the dining room area that night at work had followed me home. Everything felt heavier and darker in my home, and I felt like I was walking on eggshells. More things happened at my work following after that incident, and I just couldn't bear it anymore and quit only two months after working there. That place is really haunted. Whatever followed me left me alone after that, and I have not had the same happen since." That is horrifying. And that is something out of a horror movie. Picture perfect. Like imagine you're you're video chatting with somebody and you're just looking over in the background. You see like this little haunted ghost girl that walks up slowly behind your friend and whispers something in her ear. And then bam. All right. I hope that scared you guys. Okay. Next story. A slip in time or haunting. This took place a few years back. There is a meat and three-type restaurant in my hometown that's known for the great food and wonderful staff. It is a run out of a building that was an old elementary school many years ago by a small group of very religious women. They have gospel groups there to play on Friday and Saturday nights, and the ladies are very sweet, pleasant, and they cook fantastic meals. My sister called me up one day and asked me to meet her there for lunch. I'm always willing to go get home cooked meal there. So my sister, Kay, and I had a wonderful lunch in conversation with a couple of the ladies, and we were just sitting and chatting while drinking tea. I had to go to the restroom and ask Kay where it was. She directed me up a short set of stairs through the old kitchen and said it was in the hall on the other side of the old kitchen. I trotted up the stairs and saw the, the old 
school kitchen to my left, a large open room with lots of counters, but empty as the ladies had a smaller area downstairs where they cooked. As I stepped into the kitchen to cross it, I was struck by how incredibly cold the room was. Mm -mm. It was summertime in the southern USA, and it wasn't this cold in the other area of the building. Odd. About halfway across the room, I suddenly had the feeling that I was being watched, and I became very fearful. I hurried through and into the restroom. The restroom was what you expect from an old schoolhouse. Small room, two stalls, and a sink. The stall on the right was occupied as I saw shoes under the door, so I headed into the one on the left. In a few seconds, I heard the other toilet flush, the squeaky door open, and the other person walked to the sink, washed their hands before leaving. I saw their feet pass by my stall, but never really got a good look at the person. I finished up, headed back to the table, but took the long way around to avoid going back through the kitchen. Back at the table and chatting with Kay, I mentioned how cute the little schoolhouse restroom was with its two stalls and the squeaky wooden doors. My sister, who had still lived in our hometown and frequented this restaurant much more than I did, gave me a strange look and said, there's only one working toilet in there and the other stall has no toilet in it and they've got boxes stored there. I told her that there had been someone in that stall who had flushed, walked out, washed their hands and left while I was in the stall, that I had seen their brown loafer-type shoes under the door. I suggested that maybe they had put the second one back into use. She shook her head and said, I was just there a couple days ago and there was boxes stacked in it. We decided what we would both head out back to the restroom to see. I had not mentioned to Kay about my uneasiness with the kitchen, but as soon as we got to the top of the stairs, she hesitated, then looked at me and asked if I minded if we went around the kitchen instead of through it. She said the kitchen makes her uneasy. I asked, like you're being watched? She nodded and said, you too? I told her about my experience with the kitchen earlier. We both found that odd. So we stroll into the restroom and I go to the stalls to open the door to the one on the right and show her a perfectly good working toilet and then stopped dead in my tracks. There was no door on the front of the stall. There was no toilet in the stall and it was packed front to back, side to side with boxes. Did I interrupt a ghost having a wee? I don't know. I know what I saw. I know what I heard. I've had many unusual experiences in my life, but this one always stands out in my mind as one of the oddest. Yeah, I don't blame you. That's fucked up. It's like, for a moment, you went back in time to maybe this was a little girl that maybe died on the property. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like there's some dark history in that schoolhouse. Maybe some abuse. I don't know. That's just a sense that I'm getting. I don't know. I just feel like old schoolhouses and I I just feel like you always hear stories of abuse and things like that, especially if it was maybe like a little girl. Girls were always victims of violent abuse, especially when, when it, you know, women all through history have always had to be a certain way. And when they didn't act a certain way, they were punished, usually physically. So um, I just have a feeling that maybe this spirit was just being a kid and was punished for that and maybe punished to the point of no return. And maybe that's why she's haunting. Or maybe when she was living, her only escape was to go to the bathroom 
And maybe that's why she still resides there. Maybe it's a residual haunting. Maybe she just goes throughout her days living the same thing, kind of like a Groundhog Day. I don't know. That's a freaky place. But if it has good food, just hold your pee, hold your poop until you get home and just enjoy your meal. All right. Next story is titled, Lights Out and My Fear of Mirrors. Not certainly a paranormal activity and rather quite funny for others towards the end, just an incident that happened with me, which made me develop a fear of mirrors. Okay. Back when I was 12 on one summer night, we had a power outage. I'm from New Delhi, India, where their random long power outages are very common in summers. But that night, even our inverter gave up and we had no other option than having dinner in a dining room lit of candles and just wait for the power to be restored. My parents have always had this daily habit of going for a walk in the nearby park after dinner, and they continued as usual that night as well. My grandparents decided to sit on the balcony after dinner as the weather outside was quite decent with a light, cool breeze and was better than sitting in a dark room and sweating. I was simply lying on the couch with my brothers, who's four years older than me, and out of nowhere, my brother had this weird idea of taking this moment to try saying Bloody Mary in the mirror three times just for fun. Hey, Lily, what could possibly go wrong? I opposed it, as even though I was not scared easily of dark or something like that, still, somewhere I feared that these rituals may have some degree of truth to them, and we should rather not try this. But my stupid brother proceeded anyway, carrying a candle towards the mirror. Before I proceed, I'd like to mention that just a few weeks before that, all of us cousins were just talking some spooky stuff when one of them raised a point that if you ever try the Bloody Mary challenge, don't you dare insult her or say anything about her blue baby. It was quite a weird fact, but also something to be wary of, and I just gladly accepted it to be true, for I was quite young. Anyways, my brother proceeds on to say Bloody Mary three times in a dark room in the front of the mirror. I was nothing but a little scared to see what happens, and all my focus was on him. Nothing really happened for a few seconds, and then my brother did what I never wanted to see. Started insulting her and teasing her and made fun of her, saying like, Yo, bitch, what the fuck is even a blue baby? I got quite scared, and my asshole brother stood there smiling. (laughs) This sounds like such a sibling writing this. It really does. After a few seconds, we heard heavy breathing sounds and some other tiny noises, which scared the shit out of me, and I even screamed a little, whereas my brother started to laugh. It turns out that he was secretly making the noises to spook me and said that, See, it's all fake. A few minutes later, our parents were back and the power was restored as well, and we went to sleep a little early that night. I still couldn't get the kind of prank out of my head and started visualizing stupid stuff. I couldn't sleep, and I hated the fact that my brother was asleep soundly in no time. I started imagining, or maybe you can even say hallucinating, while laying on the bed trying to sleep. I saw that someone dressed in all white is stepping out of the mirror and is proceeding towards our room. I started sweating with my eyes closed and my face stuffed under my pillow. And just then, in my hallucination or whatever the hell it was, that lady in white enters our room. Of course, it's a lady in white. She's about to lay her hands on my chest. And I swear to God, the next thing that happened scared the actual shit out of me due to my asshole of a brother. She forces her hand towards my chest. And with no lapses at a perfect time, while soundly asleep, my brother turns around and puts his hand on my chest unknowingly. I swear to God, I screamed so loud that even my grandparents, who have 
hearing problems, woke up in a distant room. That perfectly timed coincidence of a moment was enough to freak me out, and I have been afraid of looking towards mirrors in the dark ever since. Sounds stupid and weird, but yes, as soon as I enter a washroom or just a room with a mirror, I make sure a light is on, as otherwise I start to freak out. Oh, bless your innocent heart. (laughs) That is so messed up so messed up okay i'm going to hell for laughing i'm sorry you are totally right in having that fear you are justified i understand and fuck your brother he's an asshole but he's also funny okay last and final story folks time flies when you're having fun and telling scary stories this ends a childhood story When I was in my early teens, my cousin and her boyfriend thought it would be a good idea to go to a graveyard that we have never seen open or anyone in there, and they invited me along as they knew I'd love to be scared and anxious in situations like that. Anyways, after we got there, we found a small enough wall to hop over, about four foot, and things were going great so far. It was around midnight, and we were laughing and messing around like we do, and after a while, it became really weird, not visibly, just weird. Soon after we took out our frequency scanner or whatever, known to contact spirits, we didn't get much. And then something hit the back of my cousin's boyfriend's head. He laughed and blamed it on us. Me and my cousin just thought he was trying to scare us. And then my cousin said she felt the same thing. To be honest, I was like, ah, they're both in on it. And then I was packing up to follow them to a different part of the graveyard when I felt it as well. I turned around to see nothing, only a few slanted and broken down graves. I quickly picked up my stuff and ran over to them and told them, and they said, believe us now. We all kind of made that, um, yeah, it's time to go face. (laughs) Just as we were about to go back to the wall, we came in on, we hear a blood curdling scream. I mean, it haunts me to this day. We ran over to an eight-foot fence at my cousin's that my cousin's boyfriend threw me over, and I ran as fast as I could away from the gate. We all made it over, safe and shooken. We decided we should report it to the police and walked into the station when we realized we trespassed and could get arrested for that. We walked out, went home, and just didn't sleep. (sighs) All right, well, that was a short story to end on. But, yeah... You guys, another moral to one of our quarantine spooky story specials. Don't trespass. Nothing ever good comes from trespassing. You may think you get a couple of good evidence footage, but you can't, you can't show that to the rest of the world if you're arrested. So don't trespass on places that say no trespassing. Capiche? Capiche. Awesome. All right. So, of course, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Just Ghouly Things, the quarantine spooky story special. Um, let's go through the social media, shall we? Our Instagram page, Just Ghouly Things Podcast. My Instagram page, at Rebecca Ruber. Our Facebook page, Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Our private Facebook page, where we have open discussions, Just Ghouly Things Podcast group. Invite yourself. I'll add you. Um, what else? You can... Oh, you can donate to our Patreon. We, we, like to, we like to have money to keep the show going. That'd be nice. At Just Cooling Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that they'd like to share on the show, please email us at JustCoolingThingsPodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. Have a good rest of your week. Stay healthy and stay safe. 
Goodbye.